3: Welcome aboard. This is a special edition today of Rudy Max's World. Uh, during the middle portion of this hour, we're going to replay a few of my favorite interviews from the recent past. But first, let me tell you that this segment of the program is brought to you by the good folks at On Call International. Now, we all know that sometimes the unexpected happens while traveling. If and when it does, protect yourself with a reasonably priced annual membership from On Call International. I certainly do. OnCall provides the best assistance you'll need during an unforeseen medical or travel emergency or even a situation like social unrest and more. From unexpected illnesses to life-threatening accidents, delayed luggage, or legal woes, OnCall International gives you the help you'll need to return home or get back to enjoying your trip. For more information, visit OnCallInternational.com, or you can log on to the radio show website, RudyMaxa.com, and look under Sponsors. Well, as always, travel is the topic here at Rudy Maxa's World, and after a quick look at the news, we'll hear from singer and composer Jim Brickman. He was one of the first of our guests in our new Places of the Heart segment here on the show. It's a part of the show where we ask a celebrity to tell us about his or her most favorite place in the world, a place where they love to go, perhaps as a retreat, maybe as a vacation destination. You might be surprised if you know Jim Brickman's music. uh, His reputation is for very mellow piano playing and singing. The destination he calls his place of the heart wouldn't be described as mellow. You'll hear it later this hour. Then if you're a fan of Art Deco architecture, I'm sure you know about the glories of Miami Beach. But have you ever considered the African nation of Eritrea? We'll talk with a hotel executive who's involved in saving some of the world's best Art Deco buildings in that capital city. And then we're gonna ask the question can you really save money if you buy a new foreign car overseas and have it shipped back to the States? And if so, which car makers offer that service? We'll chat with an expert. Then we'll hear from a man with the plan. The plan you need to know about if you're thinking of taking a romantic trip in honor of Valentine's Day. Our guest is journalist Robert Reed. He's the U.S. editor from Lonely Planet. He's got some interesting suggestions for destinations that are way beyond the ordinary. Let's start with a quick look at the news and travel. Well, it was 12 years ago that male employees of the Walt Disney Empire who deal with the public were permitted to sport mustaches. After all, Walt had one, if you recall. Well, after a 60-year ban, Disney executives had decided that employees who work in their Florida and California theme parks now may grow beards and goatees. However, tattoos and piercings, except for pierced ears on women, are still verboten. Well, are you a Kenny G fan? Love that saxophone music of his? Then why don't you go on a cruise with him? The Celebrity Millennium is hosting a cruise through the glaciers of British Columbia in May of 2013. That's 2013, a year and a half away. Guy plans ahead. musician says he's looking forward to spending quality time, that's his phrase, with his fans getting to know them. Here's a direct quote. Sailing with them on a week-long celebrity cruise vacation will be a highlight of my career and I can't wait to share the journey. Unquote. Kenny G fans, you've been warned. Contact your local travel agent or celebrity for details. Maybe you'd like to spend more time with Kate Gosselin. Hanging around with Kate Gosselin? Well, she's inviting those of you who adore her to join her August 12th for a week. That's August of this year. Aboard Royal Caribbean's Allure of the Seas, one of the world's largest cruise ships. It holds 5,400 passengers, which seems to me ample space for everyone who adores the woman who became famous on that reality show called John and Kate Plus Eight. Even if her sex tuplets and twins accompany her with nannies, there should be enough staterooms for the rest of us. Fares begin at $1,900 per person. You can check it out at KateGoslinCruise.com. Well, there's talk in California about finally building a high-speed train connecting major cities along the Pacific Coast. In the upper Midwest, money has been made available, federal money anyway, to build a high-speed train connection or part of one between the twin cities of Minneapolis and St. Paul. And Chicago. And the East Coast continues to argue over whether a high speed train linking Boston, New York, Philadelphia, and DC is worth the expense. Joe Sharkey's economist with the New York Times, a longtime travel journalist, a friend of mine. You can read his blog at Joe Sharkey, S H A R K E Y, Joe Sharkey.com. He's got some very definite opinions on the future of high speed train service in the US. Welcome to the show, Joe. Hey Rudy, how you doing? Good. How are you? Is there tell me let's go right off the bat, is there a brave new world in trains coming to this country? No. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. It's been lovely talking <laughs> <Okay>. to you. <laughs> well, what is Ain't all the drum beating? Summer. What's all the hubbub?
2: Well, the hubbub. I think it's wishful thinking. Uh, we all want, would love to have that kind of that kind of sleek, high-speed rail system that you know many of us know from Europe or Asia. Uh, and there's lots of talk about it. Uh, but wishful thinking doesn't make it happen. And you know, I'm you know I would love to see it myself. But I'm—I uh, have absolutely no uh, faith that this is anything other than wishful thinking at this point. And I think the most recent uh, evidence of that is California, where this this uh, very, very ambitious high-speed rail project that just mentioned, uh, you just mentioned—you know—is on—is on the uh, on the boards. Uh, it the cost has gone up from an estimate of. 33 billion to the current estimate of 80 of 98 billion 98. Oh, my goodness. 5 billion. Oh, goodness. And the completion date is now uh 10 years beyond what had originally been uh, anticipated. Yeah, and that one is falling apart quickly. And I know people hate to hear this because they really want they really love the idea of high speed. I mean many people do. High speed rail. Uh the the uh, the the chairman and the CEO of the California High Speed Rail Authority just in mid-January, quit. Uh, but that one is is, uh, is rapidly a non-starter, uh, even though you know a good good amount of money has been. Has but not. Spent. But, but a
3: shovel hasn't been turned on. It has it, Joe. Nobody's no, digging no, anything no, up no. yet. No, no,
2: Lots of planning, um, but I, that one's not going to happen, in my opinion. Um, uh, you know, but uh, you know, there are there are people who who firmly believe in high-speed rail, and I really understand why. I mean, uh, what are we going to do in this country? Uh, you know, as you know, the airlines are cutting back on service. They're leaving sections of the country that are ill-served, if not completely unserved, with air service. Uh, that's going to get worse, I think, particularly if if uh, if oil prices, uh, airline fuel prices, are now above three dollars a gallon for jet fuel, which is back to the you know the 2008 levels. And even though airlines are marginally profitable right now, once the fuel prices go up, if they do again. This year, which I think there's a good chance they will, airlines are going to cut back even further on service. The airlines have given up expanding; they are, they are contracting. So, you know, the question we got we got to answer, I think, in this country, uh, and high-speed rail is certainly a, a part of that of that discussion, is what kind of a transportation system are we going to have? Uh, you know, in, in in five years, ten years, or or, or twenty-five years and uh we're not having that conversation and i wish we were and i wish we could we could honestly discuss high speed rail uh as part of that conversation rather than high speed rail as we sure this this is sure wishful thinking you know elvis uh, a lot of people believe elvis is alive <laughs> and it would be nice if he were i'd like to have the old boy around but he ain't <laughs> you know so
3: well, we, we only have, have that conversation. Joe. We only have fifteen seconds left, but I mean, d- does it necessarily have to show a profit to be feasible in the United States? Is that the thing?
2: Well, sure, no, absolutely not. I mean, highways, uh, you know, automobile travel is, is more heavily subsidized than anything. Sure. Airline True. travel is heavily subsidized, but we're not willing to have a an, uh, we're not willing to have a serious discussion about rail, and I wish we were.
3: Well, we're going to bring you back and have a serious discussion when we have more time. Thanks for sure. joining us. Sure, thing. You got to read Joe Sharkey's blog. He's a very trenchant observer of all things having to do with travel. Joe Sharkey, spelled S H A R K E Y dot com. Hey, stick around. Jim Brickman's coming up next to talk about his favorite place. We'll hear a little Jim Brickman music when we come back after these messages.
0: To participate in the program and speak with Rudy Maxa, call 800-387-8025 or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com.
3: Hey, I'm happy to bring you the first in a fun contest series sponsored by our friends at Travel Guard. It's one of thousands of true travel tales they receive each year. Here it is. Nancy was looking forward to the perfect Caribbean cruise wedding. Miami in the morning, dinner with friends on board, dancing the night away, and a little wedding night hanky-panky to top things off. What she got was very different. For the rest of the story and a chance to win a new Kindle, visit TravelGuard.com slash stories. TravelGuard is a worldwide leader in travel insurance and assistance.
4: Heritage for the blind reminds you to be kind.
5: There's something you can do for those who depend on you. Call 1-800.
4: is an irs-recognized charity and your donation is tax deductible whether your car runs or not we'll tow it away for free and as a special thank you you'll receive a free three-day hotel voucher to one of many exciting locations so be a star donate your car call 1-800-donate-cars or call 1-800-555-6689 and remember you can prevent blindness
5: by getting your eyes checked annually call one 800 journey to help save people money on car insurance people have been really surprised to learn that Geico can also help with renter's insurance they're even more surprised when I tell them it costs as little as $12 a month but perhaps what's most surprising is that I still live with my mum yeah I know, I really should start thinking about renting my own place, but then I'd have to get my own tea kettle, sofa shower
6: curtain soap dish visit geico.com to see how affordable renter's insurance can be
0: join Rudy Maxa, call 800-387-8025. You can email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. Now back to Rudy Maxa's World.
3: Welcome back. You probably know the name and music of Jim Brickman. He's a pianist and a singer. Jim performs about 125 live concerts around the world each year. My goodness, that's one every three days. He holds six gold and platinum albums. He's always high on Billboard's New Age chart. Here's a sample from his new album titled Romanza. That's Jim's signature music, lovely music he likes to call the soundtrack to our lives. That is, as he writes on his website, can ease pain or captivate people in love. So I thought, well, who better to ask to chat for a few minutes for our Places of the Heart series of interviews? Welcome to the show, Jim. Nice to have you aboard.
7: Nice to have you uh, talking with me. You know, when you said Romanza, you say it way better than I do. (laughs) I like it. Maybe it's because your world traveled. Well, now, wait a minute.
3: You've performed all over the United States, all around the world, from Spain to Thailand. And I know you grew up in Cleveland. Let me ask you this. Did you have difficulty making up your mind when I, when I called to ask you to join me to talk about the place or places of your heart?
7: Oh, my God. Gosh, absolutely. I mean, you know, in so many ways, the, of course, wherever you're from holds a special place in your heart because you look at the world from that point of view. You know, I spent 30 years uh, of my life growing up and living in Cleveland, and, uh, and all of my influences about the way I write music and, and the things around me came from that. So uh, if you take out my hometown, uh, it leaves, of course, the rest of the world, which is <laughs> such an amazing thing. And yes, it was very difficult for me to answer.
3: And what did you decide, leaving aside your hometown of Cleveland?
7: <laughs> well, when you talk about uh, the heart, um, it, you know, that, that for me, that, that really means something even more than just an experience in a place. It, to me, it also means the experience with people in that environment. And so for me, that's, that's got to be Thailand.
3: Really? Thailand. Now, what, how, do you remember roughly how old you were when you first got to Thailand?
7: I was uh, I was probably in my mid twenties, and the the record company had suggested to me that uh, that I try to take my music outside the U.S. and that because of the instrumental quality of the music, that that emotional connection could be made, uh, you know, no matter where you go, and that it would break down the borders of any sort of uh, language, especially with instrumental piano, and that, and that I should you know go play in these places and so they set it up for me the first stop on the on the plane was in Taiwan and uh I had never I'd I'd never really been outside North America so it was um it was just a eye opening experience so the plane stopped in Taiwan and then it went on to Bangkok and uh it it truly opened my eyes in so many uh, ways
3: I've got to tell you though um if if I were saying, you know, let's now take your music outside the borders of North America, I think I'd generally head to Europe rather than Asia. That seems like an unusual choice.
7: Well, what's interesting about that is that, you know, culturally, the music itself, of course, you know, the the Renaissance period of music or the great composers, when we think of great classical composers, you know, we think of of, uh, certainly the romantic composers, whether it's uh, you know beethoven brahm 's uh, list I mean any any of uh, Chopin, of course, the beauty of that, but I think that the sensibility of melody, which is really what what I write, is all based on emotional connection more yeah. than it is on um, let 's say the beauty of architecture or it 's really it comes more from people, and I felt like um, that there was a a especially in Southeast Asia. There seemed to be a kinship and a relationship with romance and with the beauty of a melody and the beauty of uh, the heart. And so when I think about the heart and music and a place, to me, those all converge in Southeast Asia.
3: And clearly it worked because you've been back since. What was it about Thailand that so captivated your heart?
7: Well, you know, some, I'm I'm all about simplicity as well. You know, when I really started thinking about the parallels of the reason I like a place, uh, or the beauty in a place, I had to think about the parallels in in for me as a songwriter, the things that inspire me. And mo- and mostly, even though a place can be beautiful, if the environment and the people who surround it or or are native to it aren't beautiful in some fashion, or at least not in an authentic, warm way, then it's not as pretty. And so for me, that's where the convergence of, of the, not only the landscape, but the, the beauty of the culture, the food, the people, the, the experience, the kindness, the warmth, the generosity, all seem to come together to make the place more beautiful than, than just the, the environment and the topography of the place.
3: My guest is a musician, singer, songwriter, world traveler, uh, Jim Brickman. Um, I'll give you his website, by the way, before this. Well, it's very easy. It's Jimbrickman.com. If you'd like to learn more about his music, here's some of it. Uh, We're asking him about his place of the heart, and he's chosen Thailand, which I've got to tell you is my place of the heart, if truth be told. But I've got this theory, Jim, because I get asked it all the time because I travel a lot, and I presume you do, too. People say, where is your favorite place, as, in fact, I'm doing with you now. And my theory is it's somewhere you discover later in life. You grew up in Cleveland. I was actually born in Cleveland, but I lived a lot in Europe because my dad was in the Army. I didn't get to Asia until I was 34, and like you, it blew me away. The tranquility, the people, the harmony, um, partly based on the religion of many of those countries, including Thailand. Um, do you think if you had grown up in Bangkok and you would come at your 20s to Cleveland you might, or to Paris, you might have a different feeling? <laughs>
7: I don't think so. <laughs> <That probably laughs> I, I, it's hard is. to put myself in that particular <laughs> position, but um, again, I think that you know, feeling comfortable when when you are halfway around the world, no matter where your place of origin is, I think um, is is part of what makes you you connect with a place. Is there? I think there are places in in all of us that that you land a place, and for some unknown reason, it makes you either feel comfortable or feel anxious. There are certain places that I go that for some reason they just – you know something about it just makes me anxious i don't i don't know what it is like i, I don't know if uh, i mean it's a it's a way bigger conversation than this but i think that um you have to trust your instinct about your gut feeling about uh, the way you feel when you land in a in a, a foreign country a place that you've never been and and partly that's the way you're, you're welcomed and, and treated when you're in the environment, I think.
3: And that sounds almost counterintuitive, when, if, even if folks haven't been to Bangkok. They know it's a hurly-burly city with traffic jams, and it's busy, busy, busy. It never sleeps. It's like New York on, you know, on cocaine. Um, yet they know how to, I've found, you go behind a closed door, and suddenly it's tranquil.
7: Yes, and and you know I've done some some more traveling uh, and and played in Chiang Mai and in Phuket and and so I've gotten a chance to to see a, a different perspective from the uh, for the entire country. I've taken a, a train from Kuala Lumpur to Bangkok. I've I've experienced uh, a lot of um, a, a little bit of everything. It's 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 much like when people come to to the U.S. and and they only visit New York City. It's it's a hard hard to get a. a a complete perspective when that's the case. Uh,
3: so the, I, I think you're absolutely right. You get outside of that. But also, again, in that busy city, they manage through careful design, uh, through personality, as you say, through flowers, through food, to make even a hectic place like Hank, Bangkok be peaceful. I find it fascinating that, uh, that, uh, that you chose Bangkok and that you uh, chose Thailand. Have you... Have you been? Back? Do you, how often do you go back? Do you try to do concerts there as often as possible?
7: I would say I, I've played there probably ten to twelve times uh, in different cities. Uh, I usually go every two years or so, and the same with the Philippines and and uh, Singapore and Malaysia and and a lot of the Southeast Asian countries. And uh, but for some reason, when I play the show, my concert in Bangkok uh, and you know of course a lot a lot of people understand english but it's not it, it's it really doesn't seem to matter the music is is what seems to transport uh not only the the feeling but also creates the connection between me and the audience and uh so I've played with with members of the of the symphony there i've I've had great singers and everything always feels from a musician's standpoint when you go to collaborate it all seems very easy everybody's very prepared but doesn't take it all very seriously. It just is what it is there's a uh, warmth and a and it comes, seems to come from a very authentic and loving type of place.
3: Well, that's a great choice. So you can learn more about Jim Brickman and some of his music at jimbrickman.com, or you can hear him on uh, YouTube as well, or check out your local Target store. Uh, he's all over the place. Jim, I really appreciate your joining us for Places of the Art today. Thanks so much. Thank you. It's my pleasure. We're going to be right back, but we're going to sort of go out of this segment with a little more Jim Brickman music, if you don't mind.
0: you do if you got seriously sick or injured on a trip. Medical evacuation can cost over 25 dollars or even $100,000 and is rarely covered by major medical insurance, especially not Medicare. An On Call International membership protects your health and your wallet with services including evacuation to your hospital of choice. Annual membership starts at just $225 and covers trips nearby or abroad. For more info, call 800-575-5014 or visit OnCallInternational.com or RudyMaxa.com under sponsors. <laughs>
5: The zone. If
0: your car's battery is over four years old, it could be living on borrowed time. And they always seem to fail at the worst possible time. So get yours checked today, free at AutoZone. And if you need a new one, get DuraLast. duralast batteries are proven tough and built with patented technologies, so you can count on them all year long in any weather. And they're only at AutoZone. So get your battery tested today because parts are just part of what we do. Get in the zone. AutoZone. participate in the program, call now at
3: 800-387-8025 or log on to rudymaxa.com. Here's Rudy Maxa. 33 minutes after the hour, you're in Rudy Maxa's world, the nation's most widely syndicated radio travel show. Huh, whoever thought I'd grow up to be able to say that. I didn't. Hey, welcome back. Nice to have you in-house. I promise at the top of the hour, we talk about a very, well, unusual to me. It's certainly not unusual if you happen to live in Eritrea, but I didn't know. Uh, that this former Italian colony uh, and uh, its capital city of Asmara has, uh, has one of the uh, most special collections of Art Deco buildings in its center. Joining me to talk about that is a man who uh, works with a group of folks to preserve those buildings and in fact restore them. His name is Robert Allegrini. He is the Vice President of Communications in the Americas for the uh, luxury brand of Hilton's Worldwide. Nice to have you with us, Robert. Hi.
4: Nice to be with you, Rudy, and you you summarized that uh, quite nicely about Asmara. It's really a special city with one of the greatest collections of Art Deco architecture in the world.
3: Now, Uh, how did that come to be, Robert?
4: Well, I'll tell you, um, the the city was built largely in the 1920s and 30s, at a time when Italy was exporting most of its immigrants to other parts of the world, and Mussolini, who was in power, wanted to keep those immigrants really under the Italian flag. So set about building uh, a little Italy in a remote corner of East Africa and wound up building one of the most beautiful cities, widely regarded as one of the loveliest capitals in Africa, Asmara.
3: I never knew. Now, you're a member of the American Society of the Italian Legions of Merit, which is a, an organization, obviously, of Italian-Americans. Right. they it have uh, been
4: decorated by the Italian government, and um, th- this, uh, this organization sponsored uh, a delegation to go to Asmara to study the architecture and see what could be done to restore it. because now what Now, pain
3: p- okay. paint us a word picture of what you found when you got there.
4: Uh, a city that essentially has not changed uh, in over half a century. Because the Italians uh, left Eritrea after the end of the Second World War, and the country was confederated with uh, Ethiopia, uh, much to the displeasure of uh, most of the Eritreans who um, went on to fight a 30-year civil war of of independence uh, against the the Ethiopians, and wound up winning uh, now and have been independent again for 20 years. During that whole period after the Second World War, while they were fighting the Ethiopians, uh, nothing was done to the capital whatsoever, so you have basically a city that is intact today as it was in 1945 at the end of the Second World War.
3: So in effect, the misfortune of Eritrea uh, you know, it, it, it really helped preserve this architecture is nobody had the time and money to build a quote-unquote modern box-like city. That's
4: exactly right, and that's why it remains one of the greatest examples of, of the Deco period um, still intact in the world, so, and is under consideration to be a UNESCO World Heritage Site as a result of that. So it's, would, a little, would, it's a little piece of Italy uh, still in, in Africa, to a large extent, uh, because the, uh, the native uh, population um, still enjoys many of the habits of the former Italian colonizers. Um, you can still get wonderful pasta and espresso and uh, go for an evening passeggiata and have some gelato. So all, all of these aspects are still alive and well in Eritrea.
3: Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So would, would I see these pastel-colored buildings that might be reminiscent of South Beach in Miami?
4: Yes, you would. Uh, it it, it looks—I uh, had it described to me as looking like Spumoni, uh, in the colors of Spumoni, All these wonderful pastel colors to the buildings, and the, the Italians planted palm trees throughout the uh, the capital. So it really has the uh, the air of uh, of Miami in many ways. No ocean, however.
3: (laughs) No ocean, exactly. It's it's actually
4: built on the high plains of Eritrea, and uh, it's remarkable to get to Asmara, the capital, if you're coming from the seacoast. You literally have to ascend through the clouds because it's that high. It's much higher than Denver as a city, uh, and as such, it's blessed with a a beautiful climate. It's sort of a perpetual spring year-round in Asmara.
3: And how is the tourism infrastructure? How does one get there?
4: Uh, well, regrettably, not easily. Um, it, because of the ongoing situation with, uh, with Ethiopia, there is not a current state of war, but it's a very tense situation. Uh, there is not a lot of, uh, of tourism, which is, is sad, because it has a lot to offer. Um, it has a wonderful uh, sea coast along the Red Sea, um, the, the main city uh, along the Red Sea being Masawa, uh and then a lot of uh, interesting geography and interesting historical sites throughout the entire country.
3: Yeah. And how how are hotels?
4: There are some lovely hotels. Not many, but we stayed in a restored uh, hotel called, uh, appropriate enough, Hotel Italia uh, that was built in the (laughs) 1890s and lovingly restored just in the last uh, few years into its former splendor. There's also a very large uh, hotel that's certainly suitable for Western travelers called the Asmara Palace Hotel that uh, has every latest convenience.
3: Is this an expensive destination?
4: No, it's a very inexpensive destination um, once you get there, Um, and um, certainly has a lot to offer in terms of uh, people that would like to go shopping, um, people that enjoy good food because you can still get wonderful Italian meals, and uh, people that enjoy a
3: beautiful climate. Robert, this is just a fascinating glimpse on a a part of the world that most of us know nothing about. I've never been there, and I I would love to go. I, I just find this incredibly intriguing.
4: Well, as I say, you know, it's like going back into time. Uh, Asmara, because of its location above the clouds, has been uh, likened to Shangri-La, and that really is an appropriate description of it. It's going back in time into the Italy of of the 1930s, uh, and in many ways that was a lovely place to be.
3: Thank you, Robert, for taking time out of your weekend to spend with us here in Rudy Max's world. Appreciate it. My pleasure, Rudy. Thank you. Robert Allegrini is a vice president of communications with Hilton. the luxury brands worldwide. You know the hotels. Uh, you can learn more about Eritrea by, well, going to Wikipedia to start. Stick around. We'll be right back.
0: Call now to talk to Rudy Maxa at 800-387-8025. You can also email the
5: show anytime at info at rudymaxa.com. You see and hear ad after ad about owning gold, but they raise more questions than they answer. That's why American Bullion has created a comprehensive free gold guide packed with unbiased information about gold as an investment. Get the facts before you buy. Call American Bullion now for your free copy of The Gold Guide at 800-716-6878. That's 800-716-6878. Are you tired of stressing out about the economy and ready to take control of your retirement funds? American Bullion has a precise, tax-free, and hassle-free system to convert your existing IRA or former 401k into a gold IRA. That's why they're the leader in gold IRA rollovers. It's all spelled out in the Free American bullion gold guide that answers all of your questions in plain and simple english call for your free copy today at 800-716-6878 800-716-6878 american bullion 800-716-6878 quietus contains homeopathic ingredients traditionally used to provide relief Can you hear
2: that sound? That ringing, that hissing.
5: I can't get to sleep with it. I
2: can't concentrate, I hear it constantly. Everywhere
5: I go, it doesn't go away, it drives me nuts. It's tinnitus. A constant ringing in your ear caused by loud machines. Loud music. Ah, finally quietus. I love quietus. I I couldn't believe it. No more ringing in the
2: ears. No more hissing sound. Quiet relief so I can work.
6: No more ringing. No more loud fans. And I sleep like a baby. If you're suffering from tinnitus, I urge you to try quietus.
2: After trying quietus, the ringing stopped, and I felt like I got my life
5: back. Quietus is real, my friend. Quietus has changed my life. Call right now for your risk-free trial of quietus at 1-800-713-3379. That's 1-800-713-3379. Three seven nine. stop the ringing now one 800 713 that's 1-800-713-3379 i have this dizzy feeling every
6: time i get out of bed like spinning I don't know why. It's awful.
1: I get dizzy when I read or work on the computer. I get lightheaded, walking down a hall or aisle. Or
7: unsteady on my feet.
1: I lose my balance and get a little motion sick. It's like vertigo.
2: That dizzy feeling in a car, train, or airplane. Now there's Zyvestra.
0: An amazing...
5: Dual
2: action tabs and targeted cream. You rub behind your ear.
5: Behind your ear. And the ingredients have traditionally been recognized to work in a homeopathic way to relieve dizziness. That dizzy feeling... God. they relieve that vertigo feeling
6: zyvestra is amazing relieve dizziness and queasiness
5: enjoy
2: life with better balance call right now for your risk-free trial of zyvestra call 1-800-304-1684 800-304-1684 stop the dizziness call 800-304-1684 that's 800-304-1684
3: 43 After the Hour. Welcome back to Rudy Max's World. You know, there was a time when almost any car made in Europe uh, offered an overseas delivery plan where you could, where they would actually fly you and a companion overseas. Uh, you could pick up your car at the factory, drive it around Europe, and then they'd ship it back for you, and they still promised you'd save some money. Well, more and more manufacturers are building plants here in the United States, so you really don't have to go overseas to get them. Volvo, however, still has a very aggressive program. You can go to any Volvo dealer and ask them about their overseas delivery program. We decided to go to the one who actually uh, handles more overseas deliveries than any other Volvo dealer in the country. It is a company called Borton Volvo uh, in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area. Martin Bertelsmann is the customer relationship manager uh, with, Mar- with uh, Borton Volvo. Martin, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, hey, Rudy, as we were saying, Swedish.
3: Yeah, you are definitely Swedish, no question. You came here about 8 years ago, is that right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. As an exchange student to one of the small US colleges.
3: Well, nice to have you in the country, Martin. Now, Thank you. let let me let me just I'm going from your website at borton.com by the way. Let me just tick these off cuz we only have, you know, 5 minutes to talk. Um, here's what you'll get if you decide to Participate in the overseas uh, uh, purchase program. Factory direct pricing on a new Volvo. Mm -hmm. Two complimentary round-trip tickets and coach to Gothenburg, Sweden. Limousine transportation to the hotel, where you will spend one night as Volvo's guest. And then lunch at a Swedish Meatballs in the Volvo Executive Dining Room when you pick up your Volvo. I like that last thing, the Mm -hmm. Swedish Meatballs. Very important thing. Okay, still, the question is... And then, of course, you can drive your car around Europe. You don't have to rent a car if you're going to spend a week or two or longer there, and you guys will then ship it back. All right, when you consider all things, bottom line, Martin, do you save money on this as an American buyer?
1: Yes, you do. Uh, there's, uh, when I say factory direct pricing, that will be between 3% to 9% off MSRP.
3: Okay, and so a Volvo is, can, can so forty cheaper. Yeah, so a Volvo can cost forty thousand dollars. So five percent off is two thousand dollars right there. Am I correct? Yes. Okay, um, but there are no. Um, who pays for the shipping back to the country?
1: Uh, Volvo does. So the customer doesn't pay anything, and you can ship it back to any Volvo dealership in the U.S.
3: And can you drop it off in various places in Europe, or do you have to return it to Gothenburg to get it home?
1: You can drop it off in Gothenburg, but we also have, like, 19 different drop-off stations in Europe.
3: Okay. And how many people, I mean, on average, do this, at least in your dealerships? Is it, like, one a week or one a month?
1: We do approximately 100 a year. I think wow. we're at 107 so far for the year. It's a record year for us. So it's wonderful.
3: And uh, But the dealer, I, I guess, pr- makes some money on this, or you guys wouldn't be doing this?
1: That's right. Yeah, we do make some money. But, so whose uh,
3: pocket is that savings coming out of?
1: It's coming out from all of them, I would assume, from Volvo and from, from the dealership. But also, of course, the experience is so great, so we know the customer will come back and buy another Volvo.
3: Uh huh. So everybody gives up a little bit of profit for this. I presume Volvo has some deals with airlines, too. Exactly. Okay. And uh, what is the most common-asked question you get when someone first starts considering an overseas delivery program?
1: Um, that's a good question. Uh, first, asking: Do we get the two airline tickets, and uh, we get a factory-direct pricing? How long can I stay? And uh, we usually say you give you 15% 15 days of insurance, but you can actually stay up to six months.
3: And you just buy additional insurance yourself, then? Correct. Interesting. So you provide two weeks worth of or two weeks and a day worth of insurance for driving around Europe. Hmm. And, uh, and you can obviously specify you know, what sort of things you want in the car, what sort of extras and add-ons, just as you would if you were buying it right in your home, hometown dealership.
1: And I think that's also a big advantage where you can order, it's like an a la carte. You order from scratch, you order it exactly how you want it, which is a big advantage.
3: What other car, do you know what other car manufacturers offer this set these days?
1: Yeah, uh, we still have Audi, Mercedes, and BMW um, that will still do this. But as you said before, most of their vehicles now are manufactured in the U.S., and then it doesn't work anymore versus all Volvo models are manufactured in Europe.
3: So. Right, they might send you to Alabama for free to pick up. Your car and let you drive around. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is terrific. I want to make it clear that Martin Bertelsmann, uh, Bertelson, excuse me, uh, with with Borton Volvo in the Minneapolis area, is speaking for all Volvo dealers. You can go to any Volvo dealer and uh, talk to him about their overseas delivery program. And yep. this is not an advertisement for Volvo, but I think it's a pretty cool thing. If you want to go to Europe, you need a new car and you can save on renting a car by driving your own around europe it's a pretty good deal you can find more information at borton.com Borton, uh, but again go to any volvo dealer or any bmw dealer or mercedes does vw offer it nope i don't think vw does offer it they make their cars here martin Bertelson, thanks for joining us stick around we'll come right back with some deals
0: segment of Rudy Max's World is brought to you by Service Magic. Now you can hire pre-screen home pros with confidence for repairs, remodeling, plumbing needs, maid services, and so much more. Visit www.homebuild411.servicemagic.com. That's homebuild411.servicemagic.com.
3: It's 52 minutes after the hour. Welcome back to Rudy Max's World. Nice to have you here. Well, Valentine's Day is coming up. I'm sure that hasn't escaped your sweeping sweep of your radar. I um, thought it might be a good time to talk to Robert Reed. He is the U.S. editor for Lonely Planet. You know, the Lonely Planet Guide series. Got a very robust website. He also writes a blog called Read on Travel. Reed is spelled R-E-I-D, by the way. Reedontravel.blogspot.com. And he's put together a, a, a list of six sort of interesting places if going away for Valentine's Day is something you're thinking about. Robert, nice to have you on the show. Nice to be here. Well, I, I was intrigued by your choice because uh, it's, sort of, it's literally all over the map. In, in this mm-hmm. case, that cliche works, uh, yeah. but they're not your ordinary places. Uh, tell us about a couple of your choices.
6: Well, we tried to come up with something that was a little unusual for Valentine's Day, or if if they aren't traveling during Valentine's Day, they could think about the rest of the year. And the first one, I I wanted to find out really how we got Valentine's Day connected with pals of uh, Day Amore, you know. And basically, a lot of people believe it started with Jeffrey Chaucer, who wrote uh, Canterbury Tales. So I thought going to Canterbury would be a good place to go for Valentine's Day. There are a lot of Valentine's packages at some great old boutique hotels and B&Bs. There's a pub there that you can go and have a drink. It's founded in 1370. This is a really popular town for walking, and the old cathedrals there in Canterbury. But you would be tributing, apparently, the first-ever Valentine that's connected to a couple. You know, because of
3: Chaucer That is great and, and, of course, Canterbury is in southeastern England mm-hmm, um, yeah. it's, got, it's got one of the countries the finest cathedrals you write about mm-hmm. And there are uh, boutique hotels and B&Bs uh, plenty Give us another choice
6: Well, um, one that uh, we... Uh Uh, When we pulled the uh, U.S. office at Lonely Planet, the top choice was Mendocino uh, in California. It's a couple hours north of San Francisco along the coast. It's a rugged coastline up there. You're not far from the Sonoma County wineries. It's a beautiful place. That is com- almost completely undeveloped up there. I mean, there's B&Bs and things. There's a place called the mccalum House. It's like these old historic cottages, and it's cheaper if you go during the week. So if you are going on Valentine's Day, which is on Tuesday, you could save money. But there's great food, and it's just absolutely a, a wonderful natural setting that just kind of lends itself to kind of a romantic weekend or a week or whenever you may go. But Mendocino, if you're going out of San Francisco any time of year, try to get up that way north of the city. It's wonderful.
3: I will second that emotion. It's a great idea. And as you mentioned, Valentine's Day and 20 percent off, as you said, at the McCollum House. Um, you, then you have Panama, the countries of Panama and Colombia. How did that cross your mind?
6: Well, you know, I'm a big fan of Colombia. You know, when you talk about like happy destinations, I always feel that whoever did that, and often, you know, like Copenhagen is like the most happy place or something like that. I think that anyone who goes to Colombia, <laughs> if they did the poll again, would go there. The people are absolutely wonderful. Cartagena on the on the water on the Caribbean is a is a great old historic Spanish colonial town with all kinds of boutique hotels, mud volcanoes you can kind of uh, jump into. You know, it's like a- spa outdoors and they're snorkeling. So I was thinking about Colombia, and I combined it with Panama, because there are some package deals that you can do through uh, uh, um, agents like Latin Destinations. They have a website where you combine Panama City, a great Central American city, and Cartagena, about $1,000 with hotel and flight for a week, which is a pretty good deal. This is a really good way to get away from winter, too. But I really think both of those countries are really emerging, and more people are starting to go down there. And why not go to both?
3: I couldn't agree more. And it is a great price. You're $1,000 a person for a week in Cartagena and Panama City. Great. Uh, The love train to Churchill, Manitoba. What's the love train and where's Churchill in Manitoba?
6: Churchill's way up there. It's famous in late summer to go to see the polar bears. So this is right up on the Hudson uh, Bay up there. And it it is something not to write off. It's cold, okay. But it would be a wonderful place to go because Northern Lights, it has some of the best viewing of the Northern Lights. So this winter is one of the best viewing times for Northern Lights in the last half of a century. And there's uh, all kinds of package trips. It's not the most glamorous accommodation up there necessarily, but you will be able to look up and see this just kind of neon green and blue and red colors crossing wow. the sky i have seen the, the northern lights in churchill It is unbelievable so if you bring an extra coat or two you know don't rule out going north
3: well another place to see the northern lights is iceland and it's <laughs> uh, not too expensive a destination these days not like it used to mm-hmm. be you can get there yeah. in icelandic but we would be we only have got about 50 seconds left and i think we'd be remiss not to mention valentine nebraska
6: Valentine, Nebraska is a fun place in the sand hills of, of Nebraska. It's actually named for an old congressperson. But this is a fun little kind of cowboy town, and they have the Niobrara River nearby. But I've been there uh, a couple years ago, and in February is their biggest event. It's called the Bull Bash, and they go come and they bring bulls to compare. There's ice fishing and concerts, so they really embrace the winter. And it's right around Valentine's Day. So if you happen to be in Nebraska, you know, really try to go there. I had a great time in Valentine a number of years ago.
3: Those are all great suggestions, terrific suggestions. We're, I'm going to put them up on uh, my Facebook at Rudy Max, so that TV show and Dash TV show. And uh, so if you were listening while driving the car and couldn't write them down, I'll write them, I'll abbreviate it for Robert, and I'll uh, put a link uh, to Robert's column describing in more length these places. Hey, thanks so much for joining us, Robert. Thank you. Robert Reed is the U.S. travel editor for Lonely Planet. He also writes a blog called Reed, R E I D, Reed on Travel at blogspot.com. Thanks for joining us. If your station's sticking around for another hour, we'll see you oh, about six minutes after these messages and local news.
0: You've been listening to Rudy Max's World, and as always, you're hearing Must Hear Radio on the SSI Radio Network.